On this show of St. Louis in Tune, we're going to return to civility as we always do. In studio is De Janeiro Jones, DJ, artist, muralist, just all around wonderful guy. We're going to talk about Nike or the word of the day, and if we have some time, we'll get humorous. Greetings, listeners in Listenerland. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We come from the Gateway City, and we try to connect to what's going on regionally, nationally, and internationally. Mark Langston, welcome back to the studio, sir. It's great to be back. It's great to be anywhere at my age. (laughs) that's right just not in the ground oh my goodness don't you you shouldn't even say those things (laughs) don't give anything an idea don't give anything away no No. so return to civility folks at a party or networking function the keyword networking make an effort to speak with people you don't know isn't that the purpose of a networking function Mm -hmm. anyway is to speak to people that you don't know but sometimes people have to be reminded to do that they might be new to the group and might turn out to be the most interesting person you've ever met. Mm-hmm. Have you met an interesting person in a networking function or a party like that? Uh, yeah, I have. And I'm the guy that will go up and say hi to you. I, I just, it makes me crazy. When I look at these little groups of people, they're just standing there, they're over in the corner, and they're, I just go up and go, hey, <laughs> I'm the weird guy with <laughs> DJ's not in his head. Hey. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You got to jump in once in a while, don't you? Break the monotony. Yeah. That's how DJ and I met. Yeah. Is that right? We were talking at an art show. Yeah. 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 And I always always lead with my name. Hi, I'm Mark Langston. Best way to do it. From KXOK or whatever. But a lot of people just go, hey, how are you doing? It's like, no. And another thing that drives me crazy when people call me and they go, is this Mark? I go, (laughs) Who are you? Yeah. Are you a bill collector? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who wants to know? Yeah. yeah. Tell me who you are first. Okay, go Do ahead. Do you put the name tag on your right? I put it on the left side. On the right side. Yes. They, and explain why. Because there's a reason for that. Yeah, because you extend your hand to shake someone's hand. And they look right up your arm. Yeah, right up your arm. Look right up your arm. I know. So that's, uh, yeah, you're supposed to do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, that's a sneaky thing you're supposed to know. Sneaky thing. <laughs> okay. Our guest in studio is no stranger. Matter of fact, as I, I said, we met at a function and uh, got talking and have seen his art. He actually is a St. Louis native. De Janeiro Jones is an artist, he, and he started out doing clothing. We're going to get into that background. We've yeah. had a conversation already before with Brian Laughlin from Selkirk's on Arlene Creates, and it was Arlene Rosengarten, and we had a previous conversation, so folks, if you want to check that one out, stlintune.com. But, DJ, welcome back to the studio. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, it's, what can we say? The humidity is upon us here in St. Louis. It's been brutal. I think DJ was yeah. talking earlier about making our studio a science project to, to, so we could figure out how to cool it down. <laughs> there is things growing on the wall, DJ. Oh, I don't man. know what those are. Yeah, don't get too close <laughs> no, to that, that green goo. Don't get too close to the green goo on don't the wall. Touch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so give people a, a little refresher about your background. You're a native St. Louisan, and you've not always been an art paint artist. No, 
I started painting in 2005. I used to own a clothing store, and I, I like to tell people I got tired of people coming to the store and not buying anything. So I said, I got to do something to keep from wasting my time. So I started painting. But I've been a, a, a fan of art since I was 18 years old and involved in a manager leadership development group called St. Paul Saturdays. And uh, in fact, my mentor, Dr. William J. Harrison, who was Dean of Instruction when he passed at Forest Park, he started this organization called St. Paul Saturdays, a man of leadership development group. He was a Morehouse graduate, and he also taught us about business in, in terms of how to navigate through this uh, white supremacist uh, see, uh, things that were going on back back and, when and, I was coming. And, and sometimes that still exists today. Oh, very We'll get into that. We'll yeah, get into so, that. You know. so what's the biggest lesson you learned from him? Hey, man, his thing was building men is better than mending boys. Mm-hmm. That sounds and, familiar. And Yeah. And Frederick he, Douglas. Frederick Douglass. And uh, he was a really giant of a human being. And uh, we went every month to the art museum because he was one of the first blacks, black trustees. Wow. And so... I had a really big, huge appetite for art when I got older. And so what I did was say, you know what, I'm just going to return from really what I've always been had an affinity for. Mm-hmm. So I just started being what I call a practitioner of art, started painting in 2005. But I've always been around, been exposed, mm-hmm. been going to different art talks and different things. But uh, And since then, I've done the mural project as you know, with mm-hmm. Washington University mm-hmm. and working along with the Griot Museum mm-hmm. on St. Louis Avenue mm-hmm. and other institutions now. So You've had displays out at the Eth- Ethical Society? Yeah, I had a very nice show at the Ethical Society mm-hmm. back in this past April. Uh, went very well. Showing in a very historic building, the Harris Armstrong. You can't beat that. Oh, Built yeah. in 56. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm having a very good moment. But... I need the sales and I need the institutions to support the work so that I can bring other artists along with me. It's not a matter of waiting till you get famous and all this money. You can start wherever you're at. And that's what Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington was talking about. And when you mentioned that, the project that was done at Washington University was something that you had mentees. Yeah. that you had been working with, and they helped with that project. So it sounds like you've been, in my words now, you, you've adopted the philosophy that you need to give back and help help out. Yeah. Let's talk about that mural project, because we're going to get into this in detail. This was the mural project at Washington University. And was that 22 or 32 panels? It was uh, 32, 32 panels. We did them in eight days. Which They're is six crazy. Feet tall, six feet tall. Right at the height of COVID, they didn't even know what COVID was about, anything. We accepted the call, and I'm glad the guys, because by me having that heart surgery, it would have been, it would have been brutal on me, mm-hmm. and the, the weather was over 100 degrees while right. we were working. And it's located where? In the South 40 underpass. Okay, so you're going from the dormitories south, what is that, Forsyth? Forsyth. It goes underneath Forsyth. And it's right there at Olympian Way in Forsyth, to be mm-hmm. exact. On the mural, we had an image of Chadwick Boseman 
painted by Brock Seals at the time he had passed while we were up there working. Brock wanted to put, because Black Panther was such a big deal at the time and still is, and so we did something to memorialize him. Mm -hmm. And then to the left of him was George Polk, the first African-American to receive a Olympic medal. It was a bronze medal, but it was the first time that an African-American had received a medal. And he went on to track, coach track, at Sumner, I believe. Yeah, matter of fact, I want to interrupt you for a second because yeah. this is a really important moment, what yeah. DJ is talking about, George Pogue. He was the salutatorian, salutatorian of his class, and this was up at, in University Wisconsin. University of Wisconsin, yeah. He was the first black athlete to win a race in the Big Ten Conference Track Championship, graduated with a degree in history. He traveled to St. Louis when he was 23. And as DJ was saying, became the first black American to win an Olympic medal. And what's fascinating about this, he didn't medal in the 60-meter dash or the 400-meter, but he placed third in the 200 meters and the 400 meters. And following that, he became a high school principal and a teacher at Sumner High School. Wow. Yeah. Now, he, and he retired in 1953 in and died in 1962. Mm. In Hannibal. Hannibal. So, this is... That's pretty historic. And 1904, right there, right down the street. St. Louis, St. Louis housed the first Olympic in the United States. Thanks to David R. Francis and his connection. And right now, I just was looking on Channel Nine. They just did a thing with Henry Weber, Harry Weber. He just unveiled a statue of David R. Francis in Francis Park on the mm -hmm. South Side. Now, David R. Francis is responsible for us to having fresh water mm -hmm. because at the time of the, Olymp oh, the uh, 1904 World's Fair, the water was filthy. Mm -hmm. And so he said, no, we can't show off St. Louis like this. So he's the one that's responsible for them putting the, Interesting. you know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And so then now we're talking about water issues now, the 44% increase. Mm -hmm. Right. They're passing this. So right. it's, it's, yeah. it's all coming full circle. Yeah. I interrupted you there. So keep going with the mural. So the mural. So then George Pope, and then we had John Lewis that was painted by uh, Danny McGinnis also painted George Pope. Danny McGinnis is an artist that got um, that got chose to go to San Francisco Art Institute. So he's still out there working. And uh, he did uh, John Lewis. John Lewis had just spoken at Washington University, I think a year before we got up there or something. But as John Lewis, friends, right. contemporary of Dr. King and all that, and then we had a quote that Brock Seals painted with James Baldwin on there. That's a great quote. We, we tried to represent on a world scale. scale. That quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. That's right. Wow. James Baldwin. Brock Seals passionately painted that up. And then the image on the side of that is Brock Seals' rendition of Matisse La Dance. And yeah, so <laughs> it's, a, we got, we making a lot of historical, art historical referencing at the same time. So that's why I say it's not, it wasn't, we didn't call it a black history mural. 
we sharper than that. <laughs> and then on the other panel, Arnold, we have Roland very passionately painted a, a young black man with the uh, with the flag and then the lady with the chakras and then I do my abstract my abstraction along with Homer G. Phillips is in there or a 91 year old professor Dr. Robert L. Williams he had passed while we were working on the mural mm. came out with this thing called the bitch test mm. and uh, he also came. He also is responsible for coining the phrase ebonics. He was a Washu professor. Washu professor. He's 91 years old when he passed, mm. and so we had an image of him. We had Homer G. Phillips, the attorney that was murdered, that never lived to see Homer G. Phillips being being mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. He's on there. Annie Malone Annie is Malone, on there. Right. We had an image of a of an Asian person because we tried to show some diversity, um, and we also had another. Another person I can't think right now. Oh, Damon Addison's a female with the Afro. was like Afrofuturism type of thing, representing the, the future and the beyond. So we had a cadre of different vibes and styles. You were showing a lot of history of St. Louis and people who impacted what was going, going on, on here in yeah. St. Yeah. So this, is the mural still there? The mural has been painted over. Ah. Yeah, so... Now we're, and we're going to get this is another part of the story. What? <laughs> yeah, this and you got done with the mural when, DJ? We got done with the mural at in let's see, it took us a, it took us 8 days, so we were done with it. What month and year? We oh, that about? was in September of 2020. 2020. Okay. And they painted over it? Okay. There's another story here. So this is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. You're listening to uh uh Dejanero Jones talking about uh -uh. the mural work that was done at Washington University in the what's called the, the South 40 underpass on the Danforth campus, which he did with a group of other local artists that he was mentoring. And come along, let's see, it's December, hang on, December. Well, you have pictures of these, oh, of yeah. the mural, I hope. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen them. But. Yeah. He has a book called The Never Ending Story. Uh -huh. which which details photographs of the mural. Mm -hmm. And folks, if you want to get that, the never-ending story, check that out. But there was, in December of 2021, yeah. an individual and other individuals went into the tunnel and defaced. I'm not quite sure exactly what they did, but they spray painted they stenciled mm -hmm. some things and they were actually a white supremacist group oh, no. they've been linked to a white supremacist group and they had done this to several black artists and murals around the united states and this particular group's called the patriot front and it's <laughs> so, another hate group that's out there so they found them they did find the perpetrators? They did after a lot of, I would say, detective and investigative work. And Good. not only from the Wash U detectives and police department and maybe St. Louis County, uh, but there was outside groups that really <laughs> assisted and really got a lot of good, good information and handed that over. So I will turn the story now over to you yes, as you yes. found out about the mural. So I get a call. I'm at, I go to a lot of estate sales. 
uh, I get a call, I'm at a state sale in Kirkwood. The, uh, the lady that represents the, the department that hired us to do the mural, she calls. I have some terrible news. They've just defaced the mural. I said, what? He said, yes. The students have just called and said that they've defaced the mural. I said, is it, is, is it, uh, what kind of defacement? I didn't know what to expect. So anyway, I leave the estate sale and head over to the university. Get there. As soon as I get there, <laughs> the news media is already there. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. All right. So I walk up and I asked, uh, I don't even know who, 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 what reporter that was. He was saying that, hey, it looks like that uh, the students were already here and they took some other stuff was already on there. But on the news, you only seen this part. But it was some more. It was some stencil that you were talking about. But mm -hmm. see, the world didn't see that because some students had went back to the dormitory and got some fingernail polish remover and took off the other stuff that they put on there. Mm -hmm. So it was worse than what just the white facing of it. Oh, my. And that's one part. The other part is that the students did a story, an expose, and asked the university, why did y'all keep the guy's identity hidden? Now, Mitchell Wagner got turned in by whoever his employer was. Mm -hmm. That's how they found out about it. But we also faced it defacement while we were up there working. But I didn't want to talk about that to overshadow while we were up there. But we had some defacement going on from the students. Really? Really? Yeah, be yeah. before we got done with the mural. So what I did was I called and told them that, hey, they got to come get this off the ground. We're not going to work with this on the ground like this. Mm -hmm. And we would go have lunch and come back. Say, wait a minute, somebody been in our paints. Mm -hmm. And, man, th these paints are very expensive. Mm -hmm. We went to Art Mart and, and Blick, and uh, that's, that's something the defacement still left on the sidewalk. So this was going on before. The, this book is about the defacement before the defacement. I haven't done the book about the defacement. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, who, who knows how far this... So Maybe you need a part two. Oh, my. I'm thinking about... That's why we're doing this interview, yeah. one reason. Yeah. I'm glad to be a part of it because... Mm. Uh, so you find out about it. You go down there. That some of it had been like they'd taken what, like rollers and rolled white over names yeah, or yeah. faces and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And then there was stenciled on right. or, or the initials of this particular group, oh. which is their trademark. Their trademark. And so they went on tour doing this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Then they left St. Louis after they did our thing, and they went to Idaho. Did you run across that? No. See, they left St. Louis, and he talked about that in the article. Okay. Mm -hmm. That they went to Idaho and did some things. So you come back, they, matter of fact, that particular individual, and I'm not even going to say his name, Yeah. but uh, this happened December 18th of 2021. It was property damage in the first degree. Mm. This coming July 21st, 2023, there's going to be a settlement conference in St. Louis County Circuit Court. And what? a settlement conference is, I guess you sit down, what do you want to do? This is what we're going to do. And... 
Put rather than the judge go, this is what we're going to give you. Put him in jail. <laughs> but I'll tell you, that's what you should. And oh, I, again, it's understanding. What is that there to talk about? This is not the only <laughs> mural or mural accomplished by black artists that has been defaced mm. across the nation. This is there's a pattern of behavior here, mm. not only from this group but from just other individuals. So as you, you find out about this, and you, yeah, what happens after that? And so mm. the Southern Poverty Law Center reaches out to me, and they said, well, that's terrible about what happened to you. I'm like, yeah, you're right, but unfortunately, what can I say? I, I'm thinking the university is, we paid you guys for doing the work. Nobody got hurt, and I believe the, the guy name is Chris King. He's a spokesperson for uh, the prosecuting attorney's office or something like that. So I thought that the case was going to be in Kimberly Gardner's. It's interesting, and then you'll learn something too, Mark, is that where Washington University sits, because of where it sits, the case was in St. Louis County you rather see. than St. Louis, Louis City. City. Yeah. So I wonder what kind of justice would I probably have gotten if Kimberly Gardner would have done it. Right. Now, I did see and notice that a lot of the people that represent the NAACP and Urban League, and mm -hmm. they, they went out, but nobody has reached out to us and asked to say, hey, do you need anything in terms of mm -hmm. what kind of inroads that they can provide in terms of bringing the conversation to a, a broader audience? Mm -hmm. We've had a book signing at, at the university mm -hmm. uh, that went very well mm -hmm. but we need some acquisitions going on mm -hmm. to keep the artistry going <laughs> because art supplies are very expensive and people don't give you supplies because you're a nice artist it just don't happen like that <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you probably do paint nice but right. you're responsible for your own you know. one of the things I think even before that that and I want to come back to what you just said about because that's a that's another yeah. another portion of the interview that I want to do is the and I don't want to step on people's toes here but the response from Washington University as to cleaning up the mural and re-putting it back up it wasn't supposed to be permanent now did they tell you that ahead of time no it was not meant to be permanent but because of COVID was going on mm -hmm. It was kind of like passing the hot potato. Okay, one person said, this is what we're going to do. And then the ball got dropped and somebody else left that department. Then somebody was pregnant. They went on maternity leave and it went to somebody else's hand. It was just, <laughs> I was so thankful to have the book signing. Yeah. Why did they decide that it wasn't going to be permanent? I think because of the Greek Panhellenic uh -huh. type of, I think that's what they use that tunnel for. Okay. It's been there since the 50s. I'm not sure. It's a good Why did they want to do it to begin with then yeah. if they didn't uh -huh. want it to be permanent? It's a conversation for the public, mm -hmm. public art. Uh, mm -hmm. Leslie Markle, maybe. He's yeah. the, uh, Most murals are on sides of buildings. 
at one point, well, at one point, they were talking about detaching it from the wall mm-hmm. and spreading them around the university campus. So like they were they on got, canvases, or huh? were they on canvases then, or no, or just on the wall? Just the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but the, the panels underneath the tunnel, but they can be disassembled. We okay. found out. Okay. Ooh. And they were going to take them down and spread them around different points of the university, but it, it never well, happened. Let's find out a little bit more about this. We're going to come back after our break and get a little bit more information about the never-ending story. And it is true. And the name of the book is true. But we'll be back for our next segment. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. At St. Louis In Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Oh, yeah. Hurt me now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let it go a little longer. It's on a loop. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We have DeJanero Jones in studio. 
DJ. And a little bit about him, he, his work examines history, color selection, and placement, dealing with social and economic perils of society along with daily lives and the reality of life in the United States and how the rest of the world views us. You can check his studio out at openstudios-stl.org, openstudios-stl.org. He has a studio down in the arcade building. Mm. So check that out. We've been talking about the mural that was done at Washington University in the, I would call it the underpass. Yeah, South 40 underpass. South 40 underpass on the Danforth campus, and that 32-panel mural that was done by multiple artists and then it's actually documented in the never-ending story that dj put together with some photography by nicholas coulter that's a, a book you should check out folks but then we got into that the mural had been defaced by a uh, white supremacist group by a group that i don't really don't even want to talk about them a white nationalist group called the patriot front mm-hmm. and this particular individual was caught and charged with first-degree property damage. He has a settlement conference happening July the 21st, 2023 at the St. Louis County Courthouse. And we were, before the break, DJ, we were talking about whether the mural was permanent or whether it was going to be temporary. But I didn't think you ever thought it would be painted over like it is today, or did you? We didn't get really get any official way of unveiling the thing. I, I would have liked to have the chancellor take some pictures and a nice little rip, rip because it was so powerful mm-hmm. and I was trying to bring so much prominence to the fact for one about the Olympic thing with George Polk. That was the first thing because in the proximity of where the mural sits to where Francis Field is at. Right. And so then we found out when they did the mural, when they asked us, say, what do you guys want the university to do? And I said, it would be nice if they was to let us to have an exhibition mm-hmm. at the university. Right. The Kemper Museum is there. Right. Why not? If our work is good enough to be seen outside, mm-hmm. certainly it's good enough to be inside. Right. So I thought that a lot of the art institutions would step up and try to say, you know what, let's give these guys a show. And so far, two organizations come to mind that mm-hmm. have really been there since things have happened to us dealing with this mural. Mm-hmm. And one is the Griot Museum mm-hmm. on St. Louis Avenue, mm-hmm. Lois Conley. Mm-hmm. And also I've been working for, for years with Mr. Robert Powell of Portfolio Gallery. Okay. And then we, I have a relationship with McCowan Bird, with Scott Kerr, mm-hmm. Sarah, his daughter. And mm-hmm. So a lot of us are represented right. by McCowan Bird. Roland Burrow, Brock Seals, okay. and... Uh, Nicholas Coulter does the photography mm-hmm. documentation. Mm-hmm. Damon Addison was also a, a, a one of the artists. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it, was a, it was a brilliant artist, his own right. And then we have Danny McGinnis, who's still in San Francisco, that got a Fulbright scholarship at San Francisco Art Institute, referenced by Kahinde Wiley. So wow. we had an all-star cast of, in terms of talent. They were already established. Right. right. But... Because of where we are in St. Louis and we, the subjects dealing with race, people don't care about it. Like I said, I guess the university position was like nobody was hurt. What are you guys upset about? We paid you. Best of luck. <laughs> you know, don't let the door exit. hit you on the way out. Yeah, yeah. Exit stage left. Best of luck, guys. <laughs> we'll be pulling for you. Yeah. 
man. Yeah, don't call us. And here I am talking to y'all about yeah. it. So I'm not crying. I'm still moving forward, but yeah. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, damn, does yeah. the university want to be on the wrong side of history? So, no, I don't think they I, do. I think communication about things is very important. Yeah. And, ex- and making sure everybody understands what the expectation is. Yeah. And how, uh, why the mural to begin with? Why, did, why are we doing this to begin with? Okay, what are we going to do when it's done? And yeah. I think COVID just blew a lot of people's brains out of their head if they had any to begin with. Yeah. But, and we see that evidence in society today still. But having that kind of understanding would have relieved a lot of stress and angst mm-hmm. and disappointment. And here we go again. Well, and, and all the folks that you put on that mural are important people with our not only our community but the african-american community and it, you, it's a learning <laughs> it, mark we had so many people that was coming through the employees was proud when we were up there painting mm-hmm. it they were talking about it they had moments i got video of the security guard she's a female was crying oh because she would travel and that's her route when she yeah. go all over mm-hmm. and, and she's seen this so different people had different effects when it happened and uh, we had so many students young students come up there with their dogs and and they have these moments up there who are these people that was just it's just yeah so it's history you try to bring something so nice to st louis Mm -hmm. but they don't support their own they always import somebody from somewhere else You mentioned something in an article. Too much truth to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There really is. There's yeah, too the much people truth. People right here starved to death. Yeah. Somebody right. else, they roll the red right. carpet out yeah. for. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. That's There's yeah. so much truth to what you just said. Okay. Yeah. And I want to get into this because we don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. And you mentioned something in an article that talked about St. Louis is the gateway of institutionalized racism. Absolutely. And there's another statement that dealt with racial tokenization and bias in the art world explain those things for people who are like maybe they're shaking their heads right now or they're like i don't understand this and people if you're listening here it's we have to have the conversation yeah yeah. okay so talk about those dj yeah institutional racism was dealing with and this is nothing i came up with this is something that's been going on gerrymandering so many different things we can talk about real estate we can talk about yeah, it's economics is it's, it's it's a plethora of things uh, but st louis being a swing state and we having the missouri compromise and we having these jim crow and all of these this culmination of things that's going on but the cost of living here is cheap compared to other cities so that's why a lot of people end up staying and making a career but they don't get paid what they really do mm-hmm. but uh, you can have a very nice life in st louis but in terms of being a black person navigating through this town ah, it's tough it's tough mm-hmm. but people like you guys i'm still uh, optimistic about it but in terms of how we are we making progress now nah, in fact i think we're going backwards a little bit because only time that black people are really looked at as being in the room is black history month mm-hmm. now certain now they've added on juneteenth mm-hmm. 
if it's if something is like cliche or something, people will gravitate toward it, mm-hmm. and it won't really go any. F- you mentioned that you thought we were going backwards. Why do you think that? Oh, I think so. I, I think, agree with them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. you, you the city county thing. Right. People got this bad idea about downtown. The people downtown are not doing the crime. It's people that's that don't stay down there. They come down and use the downtown as their playground. Some some of them that are coming you from know, the county. And I'm talking about folks that live in St. Charles, all over. Jefferson come down County. Here. Yeah, they Lincoln come down here and do their little thing and uh, head on back home. And you and I can say that. We live downtown. Live downtown. Been staying downtown. So I stayed on both ends, on the west and the central corridor. Mm-hmm. First, they try to blame Larry Rice. He's been gone. Yeah. See? Right. Now it's the Airbnb situation. Mm-hmm. So, and they think that, now don't get me wrong. <laughs> Here it goes. The, the, <laughs> them, uh, what do you call them, recreation centers? Yeah. These kids not into that. No. That's, no, that's they a are thing not. of the past. <laughs> And, and that's if you, our generation. And if you go visit any of them in the city of St. Louis, they look terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to turn all, every last one of them down and build mm-hmm. some brand new ones and right. make it look like they do out there in West County for right. the other people. That stuff been like that since the 40s, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like what happened to the yeah. recreation center that was supposed to happen with Jamestown Mall mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Up there. Right. I think Congresswoman Hazel Irby, I think. She was really adamant about trying to get that thing going. At the that end was of, part of that Ram settlement. The Ram thing. settlement thing. Yeah. So, so where, that where is that? Two hundred and seventy million dollars is just sitting somewhere parked. Yeah. And they tell me from listening on Donnybrook that this is the first year that it's starting to gain some interest on it. Whew. So all that time that it could have been probably gained about five million dollars a year interest, huh. and this is the first year that it. So I just found that out on Donnybrook. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah. So the phrase about the marginalization of black artists. How is that happening? Because people will say, oh, Kehinde Wiley. And it, but like you just said earlier, yeah. we throw one thing up, oh, Juneteenth, or yeah. oh, now we have Black History Month. And is that kind of the similar kinds of thing? Yeah, it's like I say, it's, it's, who, it, it's who's in and it's like trendy. It's whatever's mm. trending right now. What would you like to see? I would like to see more black artists having ownership in on the business side of owning galleries. Mm. There are no black-owned art galleries in the city of St. Louis. Oh my! Now, there's what's what is it? The uh, 14th Street Gallery? Not, black-owned. It's not black-owned. It's white-owned, but there's a ton of black artists up there. Yeah, but people don't go in there and patronize them. I've been up there. We've patronized. I'm talking about the art. Yeah. Art? Yeah. You bought art in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's some good art up there. I know it. I know it's it, the seas of it. Yeah. But wall to wall. Wall to wall. Yeah. And I know Peter Sparks. He's okay. the owner of 14th Street. He's been there a long time. Yep. He's a, given an opportunity a to anchor. a lot of artists. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And then he don't charge him. He don't charge him anything. Oh. But... I would say more ownership. We need, we need some kind of ownership in terms of mm. 
trying to build in some generational wealth. Do you think an individual grouping of that or an individual doing that what or a, a grouping of artists together who combine some I think some you things? need a collective. Okay. I think you need like a consortium of some degree or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I agree. Yeah. We need some of these people that went to Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. Coordinated effort, you know. And that's the only way, especially if you're talking about Artists need to know about house. And now, don't get me wrong, Rack has a program. Different people got their own programs going, but I think more grassroots things need to be in place first. And there's like 10th Street Gallery, but they've been closed for a long time, really since prior yeah. to COVID. Yeah. And yeah. Solomon and Pat Thurman. So that's a, <clears throat> that's a salon now. Is it really? Yeah. But they're still going to be, uh, they're still in. in in the game, in, in terms of... Uh, well, and he's been doing that a long time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Pat, she's a great businesswoman. Both of them, you know, yeah. both of them extraordinary people. I've been knowing him my whole career yeah. in painting. Yeah. And uh, the son, Lance, he's a photographer. So if you're going to give advice to the St. Louis community, mm -hmm. let's hear it. And then I want you to give advice to budding artists. Okay, so what should the St. Louis community do to support black artists in general, and then what advice do you have for young budding artists? I, I think the young budding art, I'm gonna answer the budding artists first. Okay. The young budding artists need to have more worth ethic, better worth ethic than they probably have. Nobody will support you if you don't have a product made. Mm -hmm. So I tell artists all the time, where's your body of work? Let, I'm an artist. I'm a, I can't see it in your mind. What have you produced? And then they go on to say, I, I can't get them supplies. I said, when I first started off, I got my supplies from the clearance section. And I exper experimented and explored with colors that I didn't like, mm -hmm. just so I can get in the habit of working. Then I said, I said, let me learn how to start mixing colors. And eventually, I started mixing colors, and then I got the colors that I did want, and then I started going a little further. I said, well, let me start investing in what it takes for me to bring my whole thing right. into fruition. So artists need to know that they are responsible for their own development. And you got to bet on yourself. And, you know, nobody's responsible for you producing the work, you know what I'm saying? You got to produce the work and then people will see what's going on. But if you got it up in your mind, you know, well, we, can, we can't do nothing with that. Do, so. do young artists take, my words, criticism or advice? It depends on who you're talking to. We all had to learn hmm? and not know one person know it all. And so when you think that you know it all, that's when you're at your dumbest point. Mm -hmm. The artist that I come in contact with, for the most part, they're mature enough to and they're mature enough to know that if I'm telling them something, it's not to uh, talk down to them, okay. but it's to make them step their game up, and it's working. And so I've been mentoring other another artist that works with manufacturing clothes, mm. and so he he stopped working uh, at his job at Leeds doing embroidery with hats and stuff and turn this whole apartment into it so now he's wow 
where he was just making maybe five or six hundred a week, he's grossing seven, eight grand a month now. Wow. So he's his own man. Wow. And he's only 20, 24 years old. So these guys, when they get to be my age, I'll be 49 in August. So they'll be, they'll have some good business acumen. Right. And so that's what I'll be trying to instill in them. That art can be a very successful thing mm -hmm. if you play it right. Now speak to the general public out there about what they can do. What they can do, right? People in the public need to purchase art from artists of color, and they need to donate them to institutions, get their write-offs, that, that whole thing that they do, mm -hmm. and... Uh, and hopefully the work gets in the rotations. Mm -hmm. And so these curators and things can have something to pull from. Mm -hmm. We need more art critics to come to St. Louis to look at work that's in, in artist studios. They need to be out more and be more accessible. Uh, I noticed that when a lot of the black artists come to St. Louis, that the institutions tend to have them where they're not accessible to the public. Mm. They don't publicize it enough. They spend very little money with the black publications getting the word out about it. Hmm. They don't advertise in black communities dealing with art. What else they don't do? It's so many things that they don't do. It's, if they were doing it, I wouldn't be sitting there. That's <laughs> I mean, true. You know. That's true. We'd be talking about something else. Yeah, it's 2023. Yeah. Yeah. We're still talking about race. Yeah. You know? One of the interesting things mm. that I uh, we have found about the museum that Alice Walton put together down at yeah. Bentonville in Bentonville was that yeah. there wasn't a black artist section it was all mixed in yeah, you gotta know with the history, history. yeah right. you have to know your art history there you go yeah yeah and then you identify wow that's where it should be mm -hmm. it's not in a separate section I'm glad to hear you say that that's yeah. what I was I, that's where I think it should be yeah mixed See, in yeah I was always one of these kids mm. I was learning before I got to school mm-hmm you're responsible for your own education. You can sit there and sit back. I got friends. Oh, man, see the stuff? They weren't teaching us that in school. Hey, you weren't doing that when you was there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> true. You know, they, they, back then, they, we, they, we didn't, they didn't teach us none of that. Yeah. So what have you been doing all the years that you've been out of school? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's all what we do with our time. Man. You are so wise, DJ. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I, had, I had some good mentorship, yeah. man. I'm telling you. It's true. Though. I had some people that was very patient with me. Yeah. There's and you listen to them. Now you got to be a good listener in life. <laughs> right. You got to be. Yeah. Because it's evidence that you are <laughs> repeating those things and trying to instill those mm -hmm. in other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it don't take nothing from me mm -hmm. to do that. No. Yeah. It don't take nothing from me. No. Yeah. No. It's such a good lesson. There's so much that I have learned that I never learned in school. Yeah. It's so I went out and learned it on my own because yeah. I said, this is something I want to know about. You had to go out and do it yourself. Right. I'm going to my 30th class reunion in, in August. Only 30. 30, 30, 30 I'm looking years. at a 40th? <laughs> no. 50th. 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 Yeah, we're I looking at the 50th. I, don't, I wish uh, it was 30. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah. Parkway West. Yeah. Parkway West. Longhorn. Okay. Yeah. I was part of the DSIG program. Mm. Good deal. Yeah. yeah, had to go before the congressional hearing, man, to get chose for the school. <laughs> I'm serious. Is that right? We had to fill out paperwork. And no. Because 
where I was <laughs> raised at, Alpha Gardens, I was supposed to went to Southwest High School. Mm -hmm. But the gang stuff was going on so terribly back then. Gets, you get robbed if you got a pro model caps on and shot. You got mm. the blood and the crypt thing going. Oh, yeah. So I ultimately filled out my paperwork to go to Parkway West. My mother thought that I was going to Southwest. She got me up and said, it's time for you to go to school. The bus stop is on the corner. I said, no, no I ain't going. My bus stop is on Etzel. She said, what you talking about? I said, I'm going to Parkway West. I'm not going to Southwest. I filled out my own paperwork to oh. get accepted. <laughs> Tell us in, the wrong in, West. Yeah, I represented myself like I was my own father. Good for you, DJ. Good for you. Good. You took yeah. care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did. And That's my right. grandmother, she drove public transportation. I've always uh, knew how to navigate around. Right. And so I was never afraid to go in different neighborhoods and learn and explore things. And uh, That's good to do. It, uh, yeah. it paid off. So when I got old enough, I said, you know what? Going to the art museum is not a bad thing. Going to the botanical gardens. Right. These free institutions. Free, right. Learn as much as you want. History uh -huh. museum. Going to the historical society. Right. Yeah. I remember when the synagogue had moved from there. Right. Out there by my high school. Mm -hmm. So just exploring and living. Mm -hmm. We yeah. appreciate you coming in and yeah, thanks for talking to me. us, man. You're an inspiration. I'm yeah, telling you it. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of art, that book. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1971, Nike hired a student to create their logo, the swish. Uh huh. With Nike on it, she was paid thirty-five dollars for her design. Aye. And they made a sig oh, no. significant decision to really brand. Sometimes companies go through rebranding. Uh -huh. That's been with them since 1971. Mm -hmm. And the, the woman's name is Carolyn Davidson. She was a graphic design student at Portland State University. And Phil Knight got in touch with her to create this logo for the company, a real distinctive one. So she was tasked with creating this logo, which was like, this is the essence of our vision. This is what we have to do. And she got that swoosh, very simple, simple, Keep it simple, stupid. The right. kiss philosophy. So she's compensated thirty-five dollars, and but the Nike brand is probably billion-dollar interest. Yeah, over, yeah. And so, recognizing her pivotal role in creating one of the world's most recognizable logos, Nike awarded Carolyn Davidson with stock options in 1983, a gesture that later proved to be extremely valuable. It's not, they're not saying what the, the options were, but this is a testament to when you brand something and design something, or when you are an artist, that you're doing something simple that people can understand what it is. It captivates millions. They see that and they recognize mm -hmm. that's that company. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we see that in, in that, those kinds of designs for companies. Right. And that's why those people are very valuable when they can capture that essence mm -hmm. of that like that and it just becomes this iconic kind of mm -hmm. of logo wow it's a great Phil knight that's correct beaverton beaverton oregon, oregon yeah mm -hmm. so here's our word of the day mark oh no <laughs> these are never good <laughs> we're trying to do this to help our vocabulary okay. so vacuity Say that again. Vacuity. V-A-C-U-I-T-Y. Now, there's a little hint. Vacuity. V-A-C-U. Vacuity. V-A-C-U. Vacuity. Sounds a little like French. 
vacuum. Mm. So vacuums do what? Pull in. They pick up. Pick yeah. Up, pull okay. In. Yeah. So this word means emptiness oh. or an empty space, and sometimes they refer to the vacuity of somebody's mind. Mm. So mindless. So it could be emptiness. It's really emptiness and empty space. I know so where he's I, going I, with this. <laughs> a mindless kind of thing. So don't. I know a few politicians that have vacuity. <laughs> they have, have vacuous minds. Or they're, or they're doing, they're just living vacuous lives in Washington, D.C. Right. Mindless or empty kinds empty, of things. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's, okay. I That's, thought that was pretty good. That yeah. is good. Yeah. We like that. So can you tell us who is... Are, you have the days of the day today? I do have a couple of uh, interesting ones. Let me see if I can find them real quick. He does this to me all the time, DJ. He just throws stuff out at me like that. <laughs> but it is a couple of interesting ones. It's uh, Decide to Marry Day. It's Decide to Marry Day. M-A-R-Y or uh-huh. M-A-R-Y? No, no, no. It's, it's a, decide to Marry. Let me see what it says about it. Decide to be married is celebrated on... On today, annually, getting married is similar to going out to eat with friends. You place an order, then you wish you had ordered what the other person had. <laughs> I have a saying about. What? I know, no, I have a saying about it. I'll be out, and there'll be a really pretty girl on the other table, and I'll say, "You can look at the menu, but the prices are too high." Doesn't that make sense? The prices. Are too yeah, high. my wife would tell you the same thing can look at the menu mark but the price is way too high for that <laughs> keep your eyes on your own menu i know that's right <laughs> keep your eyes on your own menu yeah it's not really working too well for me national bingo day is today helen bingo. yeah helen keller day is today oh helen keller uh-huh how about that i didn't know that if you know anybody named jim it's national jim day who know who knew not G Y M. They don't talk J-I-M. about Helen Keller. I've heard a reference about Hel- Helen Keller in a long. Yeah. And Margaret Mead. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Uh huh. Let's see. I don't think I have too many days actually today. There was a couple others, but uh, National Day of National Unity. How about that? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Wouldn't that's that be nice? Powerful. National Marriage Unity Day. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> Very timely. I know, I know. Yeah, that's about... Uh, the Spinks Brothers got a star. They on had a star, uh, right, you know, on the U-City Walk yeah, Hall that thing. That man, Harry Weber. Yeah, oh, Harry Weber, right? yeah. Harry the, Weber, too. Yeah. yeah, he did all the uh, bronzes in front of the Bush Stadium. stadiums, right? Mm. Oh, is that right? Did the uh, Dred and Harriet Scott yep. uh, bronze also in front of the old courthouse. Yeah. yeah. And they're remodeling that now. Yep, yep. Hopefully, I get we get some calls from coming in on some projects. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot going on. Great Rivers Greenway. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so there's a lot of art art calls that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them out in the open instead of in a tunnel. That's a, well, that's see, a, it's public that, art, so that, a, a busy, lot of people seen it. You, you it's, going a through it, you know, it's a busy like tunnel. It's a busy tunnel. Like a Metrolink you know, idea would be good. Mm-hmm. But, Metrolink uh, has done some art. Yeah, they got along their stops. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot yeah. of sculpture stuff. Right. Yeah. Via Via Public Art runs their. Uh, okay. Runs their art part. So if you wonder who that art guy is, that's DeGenero Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's our uh, studio artist in residence. In residence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mark, people who think you can't be happy and sad at the same time have never eaten all the cookies in the house at one sitting. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
I went to the gym the other day, and I'm surprised at how winded I was by this exercise. The trainer said, this was just the tour of the gym. <laughs> there are substitutes for a healthy diet. Instead of pasta, zucchini. Instead of chips, carrots. Instead of milk, almond milk. Instead of rice, cauliflower. Instead of butter, sadness. Instead of cheese, nope. Instead of tacos, this is stupid. I'm not doing it. <laughs> A man asked me for a dollar. I told him I only carry big bills. He said, well, give me one of those. So I gave him my electric bill. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you very much. I need, to be rehome. I need to rehome a dog. It's a small terrier and tends to bark a lot. If you're interested, let me know, and I'll jump over my neighbor's fence and get it for you. This is not right. These aren't good. After venting to someone, do you ever think and just sit back and go, I should have kept that to myself? And I'll close with this one. When you're young and you drop something, you just pick it up. When you're older and you drop something, you stare at it for a while, wondering if you actually need it anymore. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's all for this hour, folks. Don't forget, when the Martians invade, there is only one race, the human race. And every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. St. Louis In Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. For St. Louis In Tune, co-host Mark Langston. I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember to walk worthy and let your light shine.